0: Hello and welcome to the first official episode of the Spiced In podcast. My name is Jacob. I'm going to be taking you through this week in Star Wars. So we're in a pretty golden period for Star Wars media as far as I'm concerned. A whole lot to talk about, uh, probably more than I can reasonably get to by myself. Um, right now we have, I'm recording this Sunday, November 17th, so we have the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, those being released weekly. Or like a month out from the Rise of Skywalker, our penal or our ultimate film in the Skywalker saga, we recently had Resistance Reborn released, uh, the Rise of Skywalker lead-up novel. I'm about I'm a little over halfway done with that, and um, this past Friday we also had Jedi Fallen Order release, and um, about probably a few hours into that, so. There is more content than I can really feasibly get to by myself, but I'm going to do my best to guide you through all of that in short order. A little insight on my life. I'm currently with a puppy. Well, my uh, I got a puppy about two months ago now, uh, and it consumes my life. Uh, unfortunately, I can't do as much as I wish I could but I will give you as much content as I can for the time. So this episode, we're mainly going to be talking about the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, and then going forward, I imagine next week we'll talk about episode three of The Mandalorian, and hopefully I'll have Resistance Reborn done. We can talk a little about that. So the way this is going to work, I'm going to talk about episode one, you know, go through a plot rundown, give some greater insight to the implications of the episode, and then once we're done, we're going to do episode two. Just with the way it's released the first week, we kind of have to do this double up since one came out the Tuesday. Um, So if you've only watched episode one, you can feel free, listen through through our episode one discussion, and then pop back in with episode two discussion once you finish that. So without further ado, we will be obviously spoiling the episode, but let's just jump into the conversation. So episode one, open up with the you know this is the first new star wars media with the launch of disney plus so open up with this cool new uh intro graphic fla- flashing through all these character faces c3po kylo r2d2 bb8 very cool and then we you know get a cold open to our our hero the mandalorian approaching a cantina on some icy planet he's there to hunt down his mark he is a bounty hunter after all and we uh walk into the cantina and we have a a few thugs shaking down our mark who's a, a mythol um the thugs it, it's really cool we're instantly greeted with a lot of our old trilogy uh, feeling uh, aliens so we have a quaran and a human shaking down the thug mando comes in the thugs don't really take a too much of a liking to him they come up and they're asking about his chest plate asking if it's real beskar which we, if you're not aware, beskar is the metal that makes up a true Mandalorian armor. It's some Mandalorian steel, incredibly resilient. You can, uh, in the old canon, uh, you can take lightsaber hits from it. It's near indestructible. But as they walk up, they scratch his chest plate with a little knife. You know, you get the idea that not all his armor is finished. It's not all. It's not all beskar. Um, and they get into a big fight, Mandalorian dispatches them slices the corn in half through the with the door which if you've seen the previews you've already seen that scene and approaches our uh, our mark our mythol asking you know hey i can bring you in cold and i can bring you in warm it doesn't really matter to me uh so he takes him out and he shows him a bounty a bounty marker we uh go on to this out on this icy tundra and a in the imperial spy from episode four not the exact one but his race the kubaz is uh, playing a little flute to call speeders. First one comes through, and uh, our, ma- our Mandalorians are not really happy. It's a droid-piloted speeder, and uh, so he pays for the uh, beat-down crappy human-driven speeder. Uh, and something really cool, I noticed that, when you know, the this, this speeders take him out to his ship, and... Um, one thing really interesting is they did the same exact transition. It's a it's a wipe transition. Uh, it's the same exact one from the original trilogy when they're uh in episode four when they're driving the speeder on Tatooine. So I thought that was super cool. Like little small details, you know. It's a lot of a lot of care and love going into this, and you can definitely tell. Uh, with these homages to uh, what came before. So they come in, they uh pay us up the speeder pilot, and they are starting to go in. And the whole time the, our our mark our mythol is trying to wisecrack kind of trying to talk his way out of it you know offering some credits trying to bribe him uh, but it's not working and this giant sea monster busts through the ice as qui-gon said there's always a bigger fish but he eats up our speeder pilot and uh the mandalorian and our and the uh, mythol hop on the ship just in time we see the sea monster chomp onto the side of the ship not letting it take off mandalorian comes out shocks him and uh fall he falls down and they get away so our <laughs> tries to go to the bathroom get out of the cockpit trying to just get away see what he can do he finds a weapons cache downstairs we see the first I th- as far as i'm aware the first uh, actual sighting of a bathroom in star wars it's called a back tube goes through sees all these slabs of bounties frozen in carbonite he mentions life day, uh. So I mean, I guess life day is canon now. So that's pretty cool. And then uh, gets frozen. He gets uh, frozen carbonite, put it with all the other all the other uh, prisoners. And uh, straight up, like it reminds me of that like setup with all these slabs of uh carbonite. Reminds me of like one of those like poster racks you'd see at like Walmart with like all the you know like the big posters that you just, like kind of flip through, rotate them all. I don't know. It's like visually kind of reminded me of that. Come into our. Next Cantina, which is where we're selling our bounties, selling our bounties back, see a lot of cool different aliens. Again, like I said, has that original trilogy feeling. We have some Trandoshans, some Rodians, a bunch of other interesting looking creatures and all of it's, you know, it doesn't look CGI. It all looks real and practical. So at first he's offered imperial credits, but this, remember, you have to remember this is five years after the fall of the empire, so our Mandalorian does not want imperial credits. He doesn't think they're as valuable, he might have some other reasons, but he takes Calamari Flan, so it's a Mon Calamari, or Admiral Ackbar Race currency instead, but he takes half the amount. And he's trying to get more jobs, there's no real good jobs, and he tries to take them all, that's not happening, there's just not as much going on, but he takes an unofficial under-the-counter uh, job. Uh, since it's paying well. So he's walking, he goes out, exits, walks through the market. We see some Jawas walking around, and he comes on this little alleyway to uh, where he's going to receive his next job. And you see the little eye droid uh, from Java's palace pop out and verify him to go in. And we come in on an imperial, little imperial enclave. So the stormtroopers look beaten up and tattered. We have the bounty giver played by Werner Herzog. And he's offering him this secret under the table bounty. Um, and right as he's doing this, our we have a scientist enter from the side. We get a little like kind of Mexican standoff moment. And this is apparently interesting. So I I didn't really know this, but I saw some people talking about it on the internet, and they're saying that he has a M- insignia on his shoulder that was a cloning facility from the Clone Wars. So I'm not entirely sure uh, about that. We'll have to. See how that plays out in the future. But everyone gets calmed down. Our Mandalorian approaches the table. And he's offered some more Beskar. A Beskar ingot that was taken by the Empire as form of payment. And he is given the bounty. And all he's told is it's a 50-year-old life form and where it was. But that it should be easy for someone of his skills to go track down. And this is... What we have next is one of the... I feel like one of the coolest scenes in the entire... uh, I I mean, it's just... Really cool adding to the world. So we walk back through the alley and we see some salacious bee crumb species getting roasted on a fire. Then we go into the foundry, which is a it's a little enclave of all these Mandalorians on this planet. And you see like little kids running around with helmets on and everything. Everyone has a helmet on. No one you don't know, see anyone's face. And that's a really cool thing they've added here. You have that mystery where so far we've yet to see a single Mandalorian take off their helmet or show their face. He offers up our Beskar to the smith. They take it and say how generous it is. He also offers them the payment, or at least part of the payment he got for the bounties earlier, and how it's going to make a pauldron for him so he gets a little bit more true Beskar armor. It almost feels like video gamey, like you're bringing in these items you get from a quest to upgrade your armor slowly but surely until he has a full Beskar set. But it should, they also mention how it's going to help fund some foundlings with the excess. Foundlings were assumed, assumed to be children, of the Mandalorians, and he mentions how he's a man. Oh, he was once a foundling, and we have a flashback. What we get from this is we see that the Mandalorian is. Which this is the first real information we've got about him. We don't know the, his name. We don't know, and we don't know. Well, we know he looks like Pedro Pascal, but we haven't seen his face or anything. But he's a Clone Wars refugee. If you like, look at the video and pause it. You'll see B2 battle droids storming through where he lived and killing everyone. So he's been definitely. Shaped by that experience, and then the the armor also asks if his signet has been revealed. So he doesn't have a clan mark yet. If you're unaware, and like think about Boba, he had that that mark on his shoulder, the red mark with like the skull and the horns. uh He doesn't have anything like that, so it's yet to be revealed to him. So that's something we're probably gonna see later. But then we head out with his new pauldron, and he's heading to a desert planet because it's Star Wars, and of course we love our desert planets. And immediately gets attacked by a bunch of blurgs, which are kind of like, I would say, looks like a Bantha chopped in half with little like T Rex arms. So he gets attacked by those and then gets saved by someone mysteriously shooting some stun darts at them as they're taking him down. And our mysterious saver is an Ugnaught. So the Ugnaught race, you know, seen in Empire Strikes Back on the Bespin platform. And they uh, talk a little bit. The Ugnat's gonna help him because the bounty he's after is causing so much trouble in his valley. Uh, so we learn how to ride a blurg so we can enter into the area and go get the bounty. So, you have know, a weird little scene there. Again, reinf- while we're doing this, we're reinforcing that the Mandalorian does not take his helmet off for anything. But we get the blurg trained, and it is what it is. And we ride out to this camp, this encampment out in the desert held up by a bunch of Nikita, so not to be confused, they kind of look like Weequays, but they're Nikita. All, uh, some, you know, if you haven't seen them, some important members of their species. You have uh, Master Die from the Clone Wars series. You also have Rin Riven uh, Die, the crime lord from Star Wars Bloodlines. So you come up there, and then he immediately, like, looks out, and there's an IG unit storming in, uh, trying to take the encampment and also cashing on that bounty. So IG is just like blasting around, asking for the bounty, just shooting everyone. And the Mandalorian has to approach him. And I don't, honestly, I kind of got like a fallout vibe from this droid, kind of just the, the, the way he's talking and everything. But he gets a hard shot to the chest and sustains that from the IG who since he surprised him. So we see he's, you know, he's pretty resilient to that kind of stuff. But they, uh, they decide to go in on it together, and they uh, just start blasting around, and they eventually get pinned down by the door. One of the funnier scenes, I, the IGU unit has a protocol to scuttle himself if he uh, thinks he's going to get captured. So he opens up his chest, and there's a thermal detonator right in the center. But the uh, Mandalorian talks him down. They eventually uh, start shooting. They bring in a giant laser turret, and they're just blasting them. We then uh, see the Mandalorian... Well, the IG unit provides a little uh, distraction. The Mandalorian shoots his uh, grapple and uh, commandeers this turret. Going up, quick finish off all the rest of, our, uh, rest of our bad guys. And then they have to get down the door. So they just like, look at it. He had tried to slice the door earlier. It's all fried now. So he just takes the... We like cut to a camera shot inside the door. And they just take the turret and just cut a hole. Like, basically... Use it to slice a hole around the door and cut the whole door down. One last Nikita hiding behind like a pillar. They take him out and then we find our bounty. So remember, it's a 50-year-old bounty, but we, what we find is... I mean, when I saw this first, it blew my mind. I did not see... I didn't think we'd have any like greater world implications, something like this. But we open up, it's a little crib, and inside is a baby Yoda. Now, for those of you not super familiar, this is a big deal for a multitude of reasons. We don't know basically anything about Yoda species. It doesn't even have a name as far as, uh, you know, in the canon right now is just there's Yoda and there's Yaddle, which was another Jedi master during leading up to the Clone Wars. You see her in Phantom Menace. That is Yoda species. Um, And that's it. That's all we have. So we don't know what they're called. We don't know where they're from. We just know that they live really old, and the only two ones we've ever seen are Jedi Masters on the Council. So, this is a big deal. It could be, uh, it could be, you know, an offspring of Yoda. If it's 50 years, because if it's 50 years, and we're five years after the fall of the Empire, they would have been born during the prequel trilogy, close, honestly, to the same time as Anakin Skywalker. It could be an offspring of Yoda. It could be a clone of Yoda because remember we have that scientist earlier that was from a cloning facility potentially or it could be an independent other member of the species but anyways we have this adorably cute yoda baby inside this little crib and uh the ig unit was instructed to take him dead while the uh mandalorian was instructed to take him alive if possible for the higher payment so uh the mandalorian blasts the ig unit and we just uh we take the uh, we take the baby and that's it that's our end of episode 1 it's really cool honestly I, again i did not expect this greater story implication like the a baby yoda has a potential to i mean have a giant impact on the story we don't know if it's force sensitive or anything we don't know what it is but just the fact that we're seeing one is nuts and it's also again super cute so that's the end of episode one and that was, you know, it was a nice like 45 minute episode and we're now going to hop into episode two, which was a little bit shorter, but still very cool. So baby yours, I didn't mention this earlier, but again, okay, this is episode two. If you do, if you've not finished episode two yet, just pause the podcast, go watch it, come back and we can talk a little bit more. But episode two, we have, he's in a, Yoda's in like a floating egg crib thing. So we're walking, Baby Yoda, with the Mandalorian, through this canyon. We stop, and something's obviously up. And we get amb- ambushed by a, a group of like three or four Trandoshans, and uh, we're fighting. He's usually, he's taking out most of them pretty easily. And it was interesting. We saw his gun, his rifle, which you know was obviously a very cool weapon. But he is he has a little fork on the end, and we see that it can be used like almost like a cattle prod, shocking them. And then, for, as far as I'm aware, we see the first actual. Instance of a disintegration, uh, as mentioned in Empire. So he's blasting them and they just like turn to dust instantly. Kind of how you'd expect into disintegration to look when he disintegrates to the Trandosian that was bull rushing that crib. He sees it has a bounty tracker, so they're members of the guild. So it's not just the IG unit that was after this baby. So I'm sure that's gonna we're I'm sure it's gonna come into play later. But we go back, they set up a little campfire. Mandalorian's kind of trying to heal his wounds, heal up. Uh, he has a cut on his arm and baby Yoda pops out of the crib a few times trying and reaching for his wound so we're kind of led to believe that he has some sort of power or something but keeps getting put back in the crib by the Mandalorian and then after that we uh after the night we come back to the ship and find that we're getting raided by Jawas the Jawas are ripping apart and scavenging his ship They throw it all on the sand sand, uh, crawler as he starts firing on them. And this is something interesting is for the disintegrations, he has like shells that he's putting in. It's not just like a laser pulse. He's loading individual shells for all the disintegrations. And they take off in their sand crawler after picking over the ship and we're trying to chase it down. Repeatedly, just like a long sequence of the sand car driving away while he's trying to climb. Jawa's popping out the side, hitting him, throwing stuff like junk off the top, trying to knock him off. And we're finally able to climb to the top with our grappling hook. And the Jawas—he's like just comes up to the top. There's like twelve Jawas there, and they all just stun him and send him flying off the end. By the time we wake up, uh, the Sandcrawler's long gone, and uh, the Mandalorian takes Baby Yoda. Which surprisingly, the we see the egg, the egg crib just like cruising along, keeping keeping pace with the Sandcrawler. But we walk back to the ship and see it. I mean, is it's not just like. They stole some of his stuff, like all of his weapons are gone, the thing is completely picked over, non-functional, engines are both kaput, like you can see daylight through the hole. So the only thing left for the Mandalorian has to do is uh, go back to our Ugnaught friend, and they're talking, trying to figure out what they can do, and he's told he needs to trade with the Jawas. Uh, And while we're doing this, we see Baby Yoda just like hop out and eat a frog in the campfire, so a very Yoda-y type thing, just, you know, like Empire again, just eating random crap in the swamp but they uh decide to go out and try and trade with them so we have again star wars's favorite thing in the world some trade negotiations uh at first they ask for his beskar armor and that's obviously not going to fly and they ask for the baby and that's also obviously not going to fly and then they ask for the egg we don't really get any explanation but we just we uh, head out and go try and find this egg they drop them off they we all get to ride along in the sandcrawler, and they drop them off in this canyon uh So then they drop him off. He uh, goes into this little cave and gets bum-rushed by this giant rhinoceros creature. And he is just... The Mandalorian is just getting taken down. He's in this uh, muddy, sloppy area. Can't get his footing. He can't get his blaster. He tries, like, burning him with his flamethrower gauntlet. That doesn't do anything. He, like... He attaches... He shoots him with the grappling hook and gets dragged along for a little bit. But that doesn't really do anything. And then he's on the ground getting and the rhino is about to fall on just take him out charge him and then right he pulls out a knife like with like he's gonna be able to do anything with that when it's charging him and right as he's about to hit him our little baby yoda reaches out and confirms that he does have some force powers he stops the the creature dead in his tracks and lifts it up in the air and as he's and you know exerts himself passes out and when the rhino when the creature falls to the ground our mandalorian stabs him once in the neck and kills him we head back into the cave where the creature emerged and gets a nice little furry egg and return to the jawas give them the egg and you know you might think Hey, they want some value for the egg. It might be something special, it might be some special properties. They might want to raise a child or a baby creature and domesticate it. I don't know. I'm sure there's some value if they're willing to give out back all these shit parts and everything. But nope, they just crack it open and it's a, you know, it's like the size of like a soccer ball and they just all start eating the yolk with their hands and uh we leave. So, that was that. The uh we have all the parts. We ride back on our little skiff tugged by our blurg. And, uh, yeah, they uh, head back to the ship. uh, Our Ugnot friend helps us repair the ship, and we fly away. Something cool I noticed when he was starting to fly his ship away is that his... Flight sticks are straight up Thrustmaster flight sticks. Uh, T sixteen hundreds. I have them on my desk right now, and I just noticed that it's exactly the same, just spray painted all black. We fly away, our baby, and our baby Yoda finally wakes up, and we're left with that. The Mandalorian had offered our Ugnot friend to come join us, but he uh, wants to just live in peace in the valley. So yeah, that is the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. There's far more than I expected happening, and I cannot wait till next Friday. So, you know, it's really exciting. Hopefully we can get some more deep story moments. Um, I'm very excited for that. Right now, so with Disney+, Plus, luckily, I have the opportunity to finally, like, actually watch all the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, if you're, you know, trying to learn more about the Mandalorian culture, there's definitely a lot there you can go to. Um, season 2 and 3 of the Clone Wars specifically have a lot about uh, the home, lore, home world of Mandalore. And I haven't, I just finished Season 3 of Clone Wars. I'll probably be done with I don't know. I'll probably be done with the series in a couple of weeks. Same with Rebels. Well, then I'll have to start Rebels as well at some point. I know, you know, one of your, one of your main characters in Rebels is a Mandalorian, so you're going to have a lot of important story mo- story insight for the Mandalorians there as well. Hopefully, you know, right now my plan is to release these every Monday. gives me time to watch the episode, take some in-depth notes on all the small things and uh, story recap. And then uh, hopefully, you know, also next Monday I'll have Resistance Reborn thrown in there as well. So well, thanks for uh thanks for sticking around for the first real episode of the Spiced In Podcast. Um if you like what you saw here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh hopefully by the time this goes up, we will be on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play slash Google Podcasts. And you, you can just you know search the Spiced In. And then you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spiced In Pod if you want to follow us and find out more. Special thanks goes to Graham Bull for providing the title track for this podcast. Well, thank you for joining me, and may the Force be with you.